0: Fawcett with Carl Reader, helping you to control your time, your income, and your life. So, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. If you're a previous subscriber, if you're new to the podcast, click that subscribe button. It's great to have you here. Boss it with myself, Carl Reader, and it is an absolute pleasure to be talking to you. Now, those of you who are subscribers would have received the notification on the last episode where I shared my views and vision of the podcast. What we're going to do with this, how we're going to do it differently from the previous series, and how we're going to make a bit of a change from the standard stale Q&A podcasts that most people do. Anyway, you've heard The first part of the rebrand with the new intro music, courtesy of my eldest son Jordan. Jordan, thank you so much, mate. Now, i wanted you to narrate my book boss it because you've got a far nicer voice than me You, you know you actually sound like you've been brought up quite well however that wasn't to be those rights were sold by the publisher i couldn't do anything about that however you've got the consolation prize of narrating the introduction for my podcast so thank you so much mate um anyway today i wanted to kick off with an episode that is actually rooted in the spirit of flexibility that I want to have for this podcast. You see, I'm not going to be looking at weekly schedules and fixed questions and so on. When I get a moment of inspiration, I'll record the content, get it straight out there for you guys. I'm not too fussed if it's um, best to post on a Tuesday and a Friday, for example. And yeah, that's not the stuff that motivates me here. The stuff that motivates me is to get the very, very, very best content out to you guys. And I had that inspiration today. It was actually in a book club meeting that I was doing. So I was asked to join a book club and it was virtual, of course. We can't see each other face to face because of that poxy coronavirus. Um, And I was asked to talk a little bit about my journey, what led me towards writing Bosset. So talking about my experiences and the motivations, I then had to talk a little bit about the book and some of the content. Now one of the attendees of the book club had actually already read Bosset and asked me a question about how I've recruited staff in my core businesses and it was actually a a wonderful crossing over of question and personal brand and business because funnily enough today I've sent out two job offers. So it was a remarkable question to answer, and I was able to actually hold my own feet to the fire to sanity check whether I've gone through the advice that I give others myself. Now, I t- tend to believe that generally businesses get recruitment completely wrong. Those of you who've listened to my podcast before, particularly the mini-series with Dave Holland, will know that we spent some time talking about this, and I write about it in Bossit as well. But what I wanted to do was actually to share the two lessons that are in the book, but also what I believe is the catalyst for the mistakes that have led me towards those lessons. You see, most businesses get recruitment completely wrong. They tend to hire on skills and fire on personality or attitude. And the second challenge is that they hire quickly and fire slowly. So you might have heard me talk about those sayings before, but I want to explore it just a little bit deeper. And I genuinely believe that this will be of value to you, whether or not you've got employees, if you're thinking of starting a business, if you've got a business, if you're growing a business, or indeed, if you're employed and have got no intention of ever starting a business, you need to think about this stuff. Because if you have any kind of um, management role where you're dealing with people and recruiting people, then it's something you need to think about. You see, we are all guilty at times of hiring on skills and then struggling with the person that we've brought on on board. But why? Why do we end up in that situation? Why do we end up in that sticky place where our hand has been forced but we've gone for skills rather than somebody who we can get on with, somebody who we like, somebody that we trust. The challenge that particularly businesses that are providing services, the challenge that they have is that often the decision is made out of necessity rather than as a proactive decision. It's made because somebody else has left the business or the business has started growing. And when you think about it a little bit deeper, that's actually a complete nonsense. If we were to look at other business functions, you know, if we were to look at, let's say, a warehouse, and uh, you know, if you, if you run a business that's, um, that warehouses stock and you buy stock in and you sell stock on, wouldn't it be crazy to order 10,000 units from China and then, when the stock is on the ship, then work out where you're going to store it all and go out looking at warehouses and sign the leases and so on. That story might just sound so ridiculous that you might have dismissed it out of mind. But think about it for a moment. That is exactly the process that many businesses take when it comes to recruitment. Instead of building deep foundations first, they wait until their business is at a point to justify taking somebody on. They allow the logic of return of an investment to kick in. They think that I will recruit someone, but once we've got extra work for them to do, we don't want people sitting around. And what happens then? The decision and the process becomes rushed. Now, it's not all about just the decision and the process of the interviewing. It's about the onboarding. It's about the induction. It's about the training. But the problem is, when we've got a finite period of time to recruit somebody, let's say we've taken on 10 new customers and we need a team member to service those 10 customers. The only gap that we've got to recruit is between getting those customers and starting to service them. And often that's not a long period of time. What does that lead to? A rush recruitment decision. There's a second catalyst to this as well, I guess, which is naivety, and sometimes business owners can be guilty of overestimating the importance of the skill sets required to do what they do. Now, the reality is that things can be taught. Now, I know myself, I'm not a natural accountant, never had been an accountant, however, I trained as an accountant. I don't actually do accounts and tax and so on nowadays, but I learned And it's fairly easy for most jobs for somebody to learn the skills of a job. The problem is we tend to look to recruit people that have got those skills and can hit the ground running. Have you ever caught yourself saying that before? Hit the ground running? Rather than looking at what they can bring to the table from a wider perspective. So here, let me share with you three questions that I ask of every recruit. These are the questions. I don't ask them directly, but these are the questions that go through my mind before deciding whether to recruit someone or not. And just a hint, the third question is by far the least important. The first question is this. Will they do the job? It's really simple, isn't it? You know, we often think, can they do the job? But actually, will they do the job? Are they motivated to get out of bed in the morning to come to work with the energy that's required to actually get through the day and do what it is that they need to do? Once we've got that box ticked, once we know that they've got the personal motivation to do the very best job that they can, secondly, will they fit into the team? We've all experienced whether as employees whether as managers whether as business owners we've all experienced the challenges that can come from a team member that's not aligned with the rest of a business maybe their personal values are slightly different to that of the rest of the team maybe there's just not the chemistry or they're not the right personality profile and top tip psychometric tests whilst they're great for giving you an idea they can't replace that ultimate thing that we've all got called gut feel you know I often look at the pint down the pub test is this somebody who I'd want to go and have a drink with is it somebody that I enjoy spending time with is it somebody the rest of the team will enjoy working with because if you get that wrong the challenge you've got is that a negative personality who will have clashes and so on can end up being a very destructive cancer within the business and going on to the next point we'll talk about later often may sit in there far too long and the damage is done then and only then I ask the third question. Now, the third question is only to give me an indication of how long it will take to onboard the employee properly. That's all it is. It's not a qualifying question. They don't need to pass this to get the job. Can they do the job? OK, really simple. This one is to gauge how much training and intensive care is needed versus letting them hit the ground running. But it's not a restriction because you know what? skills can be taught most of us aren't employing brain surgeons or rocket scientists or anything like that we're not we're just employing somebody who needs to have some basic functional skills whether it is on technology or whether it's in finance or marketing or administration and so on if they have the right person and they've got the attitude and they can get on with the rest of the team then actually it doesn't matter if they've got those skills because skills can be taught personality can't be taught attitude can't be taught Which brings us on then to the second problem that most businesses have. You know, we touched on the first one and the direct catalysts of it. But the second problem, which is far more generic, is that businesses tend to hire quickly. Well, we've already identified that, but they tend to then fire slowly. And that can be the biggest erosion of morale within a business. Because guess what? Teams don't like carrying somebody teams want to work together they want to have that good spirit they want to really share the mutual direction and path of travel and energy and so on and the moment that you get somebody who's negative in a bunch of positive people or indeed positive in a bunch of negative people but of course none of you have got that the moment that you've got somebody who's putting on the brakes when everyone else wants to go then unfortunately that has a knock-on effect to everyone else and it chips away and it chips away and it chips away the problem is Because we've hired on skills, we need them to do that skilled job because we've already reframed our decision-making. We've already reframed the way that we view this employee based on their financial return rather than the intangible return. And when we're in that place, it becomes very difficult to justify getting rid of this employee, finding a new one, paying the agency fees and all of these challenges that come with it. So we end up putting off those decisions we know we should make. And I'm sure some of you listening today might have those decisions in mind that you're still putting off and burying your head in the sand. Now, the reality is, if something's not working, it's not working. And time ain't going to make it better, unfortunately. You can't train a personality. You can't train the right attitude. You can provide the best environment for that to flourish, but you can't train it. So whilst there is a place for convoluted interviews and long onboarding processes and psychometric tests and so on, next time you recruit somebody, go back to those three very simple questions. Will they do the job? Will they fit in the team? And then and only then can they do the job and use that third question just to identify how you can help them get on board. Now, guys, I've really loved being back behind the microphone again. It's been an absolute pleasure. This is completely unscripted. And I really hope that future episodes will follow with this kind of vein, because I find that day to day, week to week, month to month, there's loads of lessons that I'm learning. You know, if I was to go back and rewrite Boss It today, I would be convinced that there would probably be 30 pages I'll take out and replace with 30 new pages. Not to say those last 30 pages were incorrect, but actually my learnings have increased. There'll be things that I would feel as more valuable. And this is going to be my channel to help share those with you. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Within this podcast, I'm going to be sharing extracts from interviews that I do externally. I'm going to be sharing inspiration like this. I'm going to be sharing stories of what happens day to day and hopefully as we all get back to normal and we start resuming with our commutes and we have more time listening to content rather than watching videos and attending webinars I hope that this will become a valuable part of your day so I really thank you for spending the last 15 minutes listening to this episode it is truly appreciated if you haven't done already please subscribe it means that you will get all future episodes coming through to your phone it would mean a lot to me Drop a review on your platform of choice, that would again mean so much to me, and tell others about this podcast. And until then, I will speak to you soon. Bossit is available globally at all good bookstores, physical and online. Check out this best-selling book online at Two slash book.